Tell me, are you intimidated at all by special needs kids? Uh, not at all. Um, I think that's probably one of the things I can say that's a gift now is um, being able to have two brothers with autism, being able to look at kids and say, hey, I can work with them. I can, I, I, I don't know how they work because each child works in differently, yep. but I have a basis, I have a baseline with two amazing brothers to be able to work off of. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. On today's episode of Stories of Hope in Hard Times, I get to introduce you to my family. And so I'm really excited to do that. Uh, we'll be talking to my husband, Justin, and I'm not gonna tell you how old he is, but my children, Jordan, who is now 21, Jacob, who is 16, and Noel, who is 14. We will talk a little bit about Nathan, who is 20, but since he's mostly nonverbal, we will not be recording him other than maybe we can get him to say hi at some point. <laughs> so, guys, Anderson family, are you ready to share your story of hope? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's start off. Um, Jordan, you are the oldest, <laughs> so we'll yeah. start with you. I'm old. You're old, I know. Um, tell me a little bit about what it was like growing up with two brothers on the autism spectrum. Um, it was definitely a learning experience. Um, uh, the biggest part was um, having obviously two buds with autism comes with um, not, not them not doing absolutely the normal activities, I guess you would say, quote unquote. Um, for instance, with Nathan, um, him being really close in age to me, you know, a lot of brothers or friends, I'd go, I'd go to friends' houses and they would have older brothers or brothers around their age and they would interact differently than me and Nathan would. Yeah. Um, obviously, because, you know, Nathan has that um, social, not really social. Yeah, he's not. You're <laughs> and, right. um, you know, you always dream about, you know, playing catch with your brother, wrestling with your brother. Um, you know, thank goodness Jacob came along. Um, <laughs> I can still wrestle him. Yes, you do. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, with, with Nathan though, it's like he was my same around my same size most of my life. Yeah. Um, we uh, we don't look alike, but we have the same build. Yes. Um, and so that was kind of a learning experience for me because I had to learn how to interact with Nathan differently, um, to to be able to show him how much I loved him without a reaction. Yeah. Um, and you know what's interesting, Jordan, when you were little, it was really hard because you have always been kind of in your face, mm -hmm. like, I want to interact with you, you're very social, and Nathan <laughs> is not. That's true. But <laughs> you know what's interesting about that is when you were little and you wanted to wrestle and tackle him, I felt like... I was always playing referee. I'm like, Jordan, <laughs> leave Nathan alone. You're you're hurting him. And and uh, but now I look back and think that was probably the best thing for him. I mean, God sent you first so that when he came, he would have somebody that was constantly engaging him and reminding him to interact with the real world versus clicking into autism world. So I think mm -hmm. even though it was hard when you were little, I think you learned how to draw him out in a way that was really neat and cool. Mm -hmm. And um, now you're looking at studying elementary education and yeah. <laughs> tell me, are you intimidated at all by special needs kids? Uh, not at all. No. Um, I think that's probably one of the things I can say that's a gift now is um, being able to have two brothers with autism, being able to look at kids and say, hey, I can work with them. I can, I, I, I don't know how they work because each child works in differently, yeah. but I have a basis, I have a baseline with two amazing brothers to be able to work off of. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why I am going to elementary education. That's why I was guided to it um, is because I've been prepared for this. 
um, to be able to help kids with all, not just autism, um, with all different types of needs. Um, right. To be able to have patience with them, to be able to work with them. Um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why God gave me two amazing brothers, is to be able to prepare me for the future. So Awesome. Well, that's true. I, I agree. I think God did give you two amazing brothers. Let's uh, ask Jacob a couple questions. Jacob, you're 16 now. Of course. <laughs> of course. Very good. And Jacob's in high school, and he also just recently got his driver's license. Recently? I've been having it for like over six months. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Six months. Very good. So, um, Jacob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is like to have autism and what goes on inside your mind and um, what makes you different from other kids? <clears throat> well, the first thing is the problem is trying to relate my autism world to the normal world is that I don't know what the normal world is like. Right. I've, all my life I've been living just try, just being me. And if I want to see how you normal people act, I, you gotta see how I act in the first place. And then I'll get to see how you live, how you think, and all that stuff. And once I know that, I get to tell you how I'm different and all that stuff. But So you go to school full time and you're fully integrated now into regular education classes, which it hasn't always been that way. You've, you've kept progressing and growing. Um, tell me, I know that being 100% engaged in, I guess we'll call it normal world, you have a draw, something that pulls you into what we call autism world, or you, we call it imaginations in our home. You know, you kind of click into that world where it's you and what you're thinking. And tell me what are some of the things you think about or that go through your mind when you're doing imaginations? Well, it's a wild card always because I can't just think of one thing constantly because that will be boring. And I think of lots of things, like lots of things for imaginations that I just click into. And the thing about it is I can't be told what I need to imagine about. I just happen to come upon it and all of a sudden I'm just in it. Yeah. Can you give me some examples of what you think about sometimes? Well, sometimes I think of like recent video games I played and I can like start imagining lots of things like off stories and all that type of stuff, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. You know? And also I can like also try like imagine like after I read like a book or something, I can like imagine what would happen after the book, before the book, like prequels, sequels and a lots of stuff. Yeah, so your mind is an amazing... That's what I like about having Jacob in our home is he thinks outside the box. Like, he's not afraid to let his imagination go. And uh, when he was little, he wrote these little stories and he'd draw pictures for them. And we call them the Super Jacob Man's books. And you would illust you know, illustrate them with your little stick figures and you mm -hmm. draw these amazing stories. And so they have these incredible imagination and their mind just is amazing so um i just want to say um jacob with his creativity um is super cool i actually when i came home from college recently i actually ran across your your super jake comic books i was just looking i found them and i was like looking through them and i was like this is like super creative this is super cool like i i'm a very i'm a creative person too and i like thinking outside the box but Jacob takes it to a whole new level. Like, <laughs> he had like a couple. He, had, he didn't just write one book. It was a couple of comics. It was comics. an entire series, and, yeah. Yeah, and it was like super cool to be able to like look at them. Like there's no way I could come up with a story like this. I remember I remember when we were in Texas, we would sit down together and you would tell me the stories and then you and me would help create the character physically. Like I remember that and that was such a cool memory. Like one of those one of my bonding moments with you, I remember. Because you would tell me the story and you would draw it, you would write it, and sometimes I'd tease you, but that's besides the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember another bonding moment, literally a bonding moment wrestling with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, um, that happens between brothers. <laughs> but like I just remember like those experiences thinking to myself, like I was a little jealous at the time, but now I'm like, that's my brother. Like that was su that's super cool that you have that and you can create those stories 
and they're in your mind all the time. And I think that is absolutely amazing. Like putting that in perspective, like constantly coming up with new stories and prequels, they said sequels to books you read or to games you play. Like that's insane. That is so cool. That's one thing. So I think every child has a superpower. And uh, one of Jacob's, well, Jacob, why don't you tell us what some of your superpowers are well, with your autism? Well, some of my superpowers are I, I can easily learn, like, math, facts, you know. It always just came naturally to me, you know, just look at numbers and, yeah. Numbers and dates. Mm-hmm. You take Jacob to a cemetery and he gets all excited. I remember when he was little, he would go around and find the World War II headstones and and we used to also play a game with Jacob when he was little. We'd ask him, when when was George Washington born? When did he die? And he would just tell us. And it was just crazy. He would just memorize all these random facts. And I'm like, okay, there you go. So that's one of Jacob's superpowers. So he does really well in his history classes because he memorizes the dates easier than most people. Um, and music. Music is one of your superpowers. You love music and you memorize it. I remember watching him play the cello once. He also plays the piano. Um, I remember watching him play and he was not watching the director and he was not watching the music. He was just playing and he had it all memorized, the entire song. And I sat there going, how does he do that? (laughs) I don't know. So pretty amazing. These kids can have amazing talents and abilities. So uh, Noelle. Um, I just have a comment on that. Sometimes I'll see Jacob like sit down on the piano and he has like some of his, uh, this book of classics. Classic. Yeah, classical piano pieces. Uh-huh. And sometimes he'll just like play through it a couple times and then he'll have it completely memorized and I'll be like, what? That I takes know. me forever. <laughs> you and I don't think that way. We wish we did, but we don't, unfortunately. <laughs> so kids with autism... And normal kids have their own superpowers. You just got to find them, right? Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, um, Noelle, why don't you tell me one of the cool things about having brothers with autism and maybe one of the challenges about having brothers with autism? Um, I think that it's, like, uh, really cool to s- interact with Nathan because... He's just like kind of pure in his little way. Mm-hmm. He's not like super distracted by um, all the bad things of the world, I guess. And he has his his things that make him happy. Like he loves. Why don't you being... tell us what Nathan loves? I remember one of the things he loves is um, when we drop pillows on him and then tickle <laughs> yeah. him. Yep, he does love. He loves it. He's like a giant two or three year old kid, mm-hmm. but he outweighs every single one of us. And he's oh, yeah. taller than, well, Jacob, you might have him by an inch now. I don't know. You're pretty close in yeah. height. Uh-huh. <laughs> so drop pillow. Yeah, we like drop pillow. Go ahead, make the sound. Yeah. The Nathan, we call it, Nathan calls it Star Wars. And what the person does is you walk up and go, And then you attack him with a little tickle or you say it like a Darth Vader quote of some sort and then you start tickling him and he loves that and he just starts laughing with this big gut laugh that is yeah. just so contagious. Yes, it is. Um, and that's one of his favorite things I feel like is just the Star Wars. He always asks it usually when I'm around. He's just mm-hmm. like, Star Wars? So <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of the things I know. Something that happy. We're glad that Nathan's gotten to the point now where he can say if you know a few little words for things he wants or doesn't want and yeah. i mean he lets you know if he doesn't want something for sure <laughs> right? all done all done no <laughs> go home yeah so recently we went to watch captain marvel as a family and to do that it's it requires a little bit of trickiness we always reserve the back row of the theater so that nathan can bring his ipad and sit there happily and the screen we turn it all the way down and we sit him clear in the corner so the screen is not distracting to anybody at all and then we watch a movie but on the way to the theater he was not happy was he guys no, no way. <laughs> so we tried to reason with them like hey we're gonna go watch a movie and then we're gonna go home and he was like no 
no movie, go home, you know, and, and see, changing these kids' schedules can be very tricky. They don't like their schedules to be changed, transitions are hard. Um, so having a schedule written out is really important for them. And we've learned to do that. Uh, it just helps Nathan, if he sees it written down, it helps him transition into a better. So finally he was able to um, relate uh, we were able to get out of them. We're like, do you want to go to Walmart afterwards? And he decided he wanted to go to a local thrift store afterwards because he likes buying d DVDs there. And so we finally were able to reason with him enough and say, first movie, then, and then we were going to go to the thrift store. We said the name of the thrift store, which was DI or Desert Industries. And, and so he agreed that that was fine. And then he walked happily into the theater. But sometimes if they're not even that verbal, it's hard to understand what they want. And um, anyway, that's a little bit tricky. Jacob, you wanted to make a comment about um, transitions or of schedules. And for me personally, I mean, sometimes I could... I could just be like, okay, this is gonna happen at this time, then a surprise event will happen, it'll just bug me so much. But yeah. I mean I've come I mean, I can just stand sometimes surprise events, but Yeah, uh, don't spring surprise events on kids with autism. Yeah. Even if they're high functioning on the spectrum. I'll give you an example of that one time um I got tickets to the Lego movie when it came out when my kids were at school and I picked them all up from school and I said, guess what guys, we're going to the Lego movie and Jacob started freaking out. He's like, this is not what we do after school. We go home, we get a snack, we do our homework and I'm like, I know, but I have these tickets. And so <laughs> I had to try to fight with them to try to, well, not fight, but try to argue with them. Come on, we're just going to do it. We have the tickets. And you were not very happy about going to the Lego movie. You came, but, um, and then after the movie, I was like, so wasn't that great guys? And he's like, yeah, but next time we have to follow the schedule and I'm just like, oh, this is life with kids with autism. <laughs> Do you remember that, Jacob? Yeah. I think I think it's kind of funny too, just like bring off that story. It's like, I'm very spontaneous. Yes, me too. And like changes, I'm usually super excited about. So having two brothers with autism is like, I guess the counterbalance or the balance to everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> like I want to do something, but then for instance, Jacob or Nathan can't or won't do it and so uh -huh. it's just like it, it's a balance for me um, but I just always thought that was really funny because for me I can't think about staying to a certain schedule for such a long time yeah. I always have to change it up that's just me yeah so like <laughs> and so you're gonna have diversity in families this is gonna look different for every family it's gonna look different from different autistic kiddos you know it's it's just different from kid to kid so that is awesome um, so I've mentioned all of you in the Normal For Me book that's coming out. Yay. Yay. This podcast will actually launch the day after Normal For Me comes out. So technically speaking, it'll be live. So um, <laughs> how do you guys feel about having our family's story shared with the world? I think it will bring light um, into a world that needs light. Yeah. Um, just for the autism spectrum with families. Yeah. Um, it's starting to be brought up a little bit more, but I really feel like with this, with you, mom, bringing this out more, I think the world needs to be able to see it with the perspective of a family, with a mother who cares for her children, um, especially having another relationship with God. Yeah. Um, and to be able to see that through the eyes of, a, like as I said, a mother, um, will hopefully bring perspective to people and to realize that these kids Yes, they are different, but they're special. They are, they they have desires to be normal. They are phenomenal kids, as they said. They have superpowers. Mm -hmm. Um, like they are still kids. They want to live life. They want to have fun. They have desires, as I can say, quote unquote, normal kids have. Mm -hmm. There's not really a normal kid. We're all different. Right. But um, they just want to have. As the song says, girls just want to have fun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we all just want to have fun. And with this book and the podcast coming out, I think it's going to help people see that. Um, and 
potentially um, start seeing these kids with their superpowers, um, see them as a blessing and not as different or as quote unquote special ed. They are normal kids with superpowers. Yeah, their um, own their own super weight. So let's ask Noel, what is one of the things Nathan does really well, like he's really gifted at? He is really gifted at puzzles. Tell us about that. Um, he is really good at them. Like some people will do 500 piece puzzles in a day uh-huh. or spread them across and like walk away and <laughs> come back sometime later. But Nathan can do it all in two hours. Yeah, or less sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. This morning, uh, I set up a puzzle for him. It was a thousand piece puzzle and I'm sure he'll be done in like three hours or less. He's amazing. He sees things with his mind that we can't see. Um, Jacob, what else are some of Nathan's superpowers? Um, Word search, you know? Yeah. That type of stuff. And sometimes on his iPad, he'll just like start like playing word search and he like keeps on doing it. And he could like also with the word search book, he could just crank a whole thing out within a day. Oh, he can. Yeah, I buy him at the 99 cent store because he can crank through word search books so he can find words and he has to do them in order. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you can point out a, like a word to him. He's like, no. And he keeps on looking for the one that's alphabetical order. I think that's so I funny. know. So whatever order those words are listed in, he has to do them in that order. It's so funny. They're very methodical. And so we set up those types of things. He's pretty cute that way. It's funny. Sometimes you can see like you're watching him do it and you can see he automatically circles a word because you know he's seen it before but he has to do it in order yes he does it's cute so you know these kids have one of his favorite things to watch on youtube is wheel of fortune <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah. so if anybody ever does like a hangman or anything like that at school or at church i tell you what he'll guess it before anybody else hands down they did it at church the other day in the class he was in and dad told me the story afterwards that they just put a few letters up there and Nathan yells the answer out in front of everybody and <laughs> guess he knew it he knew what the word was so his mind sees those patterns and puzzles and those patterns and letters he's always loved letters ever since he was really little so that's mm-hmm. those are Nathan's superpowers even though he doesn't speak and communicate very well those are his gifts Let's talk about your favorite Bible verses that have helped you or gotten you through. Each of you have has unique challenges in life, um, and I thought it might be neat if you could share your favorite Bible verse that has gotten you through some hard times. And you can even mention a little bit of your hard time if you want. Noelle, should we start with you? Sure. Um, mine is Psalm 46, verse 10, especially the first part that says, be still and know that I am God. Awesome. Tell me why that's important to you. Um, it's just like sometimes when you're scared or having a hard time, that everything is in his hands and he can help you and he knows what you're going through. Yeah. It's not like he's absent. He just turns on the mute button for a little bit mm-hmm. and walks away. He's always there. He's always there. Uh, Jordan, you haven't shared your favorite Bible verse. My favorite Bible verse actually came um, when I was able to serve a volunteer mission for my church uh-huh. um, for two years. Um, and I was going through a hard time, and it's interesting how God guides you. Um, I was reading in Proverbs, mm-hmm. and ran, ran across problem. It's my favorite verse, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5-6, through six, where it says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Um, and for me, in that point in life, I really needed that. Just knowing that, you know, hey, I can't do this, but if I rely on God, he can pull, he can pull me through it. Um, and I think that to be the most amazing thing, um, as we put faith in God, as we trust in God, as we give more of ourself to him, the more he can guide us, direct us to where he wants us to be um, and to be our best potential. And I have that scripture on my phone, like my lock screen is literally that and I read it every single day. That's awesome. Because I always have to remind myself like I need to give myself up. Yeah. And as I've done that, I've seen 
I've seen so many blessings. I've on my mission, I was able to talk to a lot of amazing people. But now I'm like, um, in college, I I remember, oh, I have this assignment, or oh, I can do this with this essay, um, be a little bit more creative, or hey, I can like I need to talk to my professor, I need to talk to my advisor, I need to do this. Like stuff comes up, pops up in my head that I need to do that. I forgot about. And once I start relying on God, it is truly amazing to. Um, give yourself to God and see what happens. Yeah, because he can inspire us to live life and When we don't have enough time in our day to be able to fit several things in maybe all at once mm -hmm. I've seen that happen in my own life. I, there's one thing how I relate it is people sometimes think of God as like a puppeteer how he tries to control us, but literally I think of ourselves as like a Pinocchio um, we are controlling ourselves, mm -hmm. but we have to sometimes let go, be ourselves, and let God control us because we don't know how. Yeah. Um, it's, that's kind of a weird reference, but that's what I've always imagined it as, is we imagine him trying to control us, restrict us, um, you can only do this, 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 and this move. No, it's, we are restricting God from moving us. We're fighting against his patterns, his, not his patterns, but his ways of helping us. We're fighting against it because we believe it's not comfortable or we don't want to leave our comfort zone. We, it is truly amazing to see how stubborn we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? At different points in our life, um, we learn different lessons. And I know this is one of the things I talk a lot about in the Normal For Me book. You know, I I'd been to church for, you know, two decades and a half when when I had both you and Nathan and and I still when Nathan was diagnosed, it just about crushed me. And I had to learn that these life detours that our life takes when life changes patterns or we're not expecting, it's hard to let go and let God. You know, it's hard to say, okay, I'm gonna trust you when we really don't want to walk down that path. And um, I remember going through this, especially when the kids, you know, you guys were young and more challenging. Um, I remember learning and, and coining the phrase, which I also wrote in the Normal For Me book, two people can do anything if one of them is God. And so as we kind of, you know, trust in God and yoke ourselves to him, we can do just about anything. So it's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. Very good. Jacob, do you have a Bible verse or a Bible story that you, has become your favorite? I mean, one of my Bible, favorite Bible verses is actually Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's awesome. Why is that one of your favorites? Because you don't just hide your talents before people. And I learned that the hard way. Like, transitioning from sixth grade to junior high, I was like, making my comic books, I was famous, uh, <laughs> I had girls, <laughs> and I, I loved it. I mean, I loved doing the recess imaginations, and that was just life, but then Fragon Junior High came in the way and just socked me in the face, literally. Yeah, junior high, I think is, I think I've heard it called the armpit of life. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that one. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I think kids are generally have a harder time in junior high, and you had a harder time in junior high, didn't yes, you? Yes, I was just being me, being the best kind me possible. The and, best you possible. And then everyone else was being a bunch of turd wads. And, and then I just couldn't trust anyone because... They like grown up. They don't like those comic books anymore. I think those aren't as cool. And yeah, it's just boring. It's hard. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that 
uh, kiddos on the autism spectrum often struggle with is show, social interactions. Of course. Yeah, and so that's one of the things that uh, the older Jacob got, the harder that got. It was never really an issue for Nathan because he doesn't really care if he interacts with anybody or not. He doesn't really care if he has friends or not. Yeah. Um, it's just, it doesn't matter. As long as he sticks to scheduling, he's happy, he's content. And so our biggest challenge is just keeping him on a schedule, whether on vacation or not. But with Jacob, who is higher functioning, I would say it's been more challenging during your teenage years mm -hmm. because it's harder to interact, to know what to say. Yeah. Is that true, Jacob? Yeah, of course, that is true. Sometimes in a conversation, I try and like think of things or words to say, but they can't just appear in my mind. I just can't say them. I mean, I try to think hard, try to be nice to friends, but the thing is, I can't just, I mean, I can't do short conversations sometimes very well because I can't just think of the words that I want to say, or, yeah. Yeah. It's tricky, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what advice, Jacob, would you give to maybe the parents of teenagers or other teenagers who see kids with autism in their school? Should they be scared to approach you? What, what, would, what advice would you give to them? Be patient. Be patient? Be patient with all of them because... And the reason that, that you have to be patient is because they, they just need lots of love and they need someone that cares for them and really knows what they're going through, help, helping them out through the days. And and I've said, and I'm saying that there are some days that where some friends help me out in my days. Just saying and, hi and being a friend. Yeah. So the advice you would give is be a friend. Yes, be a friend. Even if even if that person is a little socially awkward, still be their friend and be <clears throat> kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that what you would say? Of course. Everybody needs to feel like they're loved. Yes. And I think that's important and no matter what. And also for the parents, I got one advice for y'all. <laughs> tell us, Jacob. Uh, another thing about kids with autism spectrum is they tell it like it is. There's not much Amen. filtering that goes on. <laughs> If you were to ask them, do I look fat in this dress? They would probably just say yes. <laughs> right, Jay? I mean, Jacob is extremely honest. And so if you ask him something, he's going to tell you exactly what he thinks. Sometimes. So. <laughs> oh, sometimes. <laughs> Jacob's probably learned to filter a little better than most, but sometimes he'll still say things of that course. make me laugh. <laughs> yeah. And so what's your advice for parents, Jacob? Just help them out. Just like help them practice some social situations like getting phone numbers, like yep. asking a new friend, like how do you want to hang out and how you how to text properly. Those those are important because they can't just be on their phones and just be texting out whatever in the world they go and text because yeah. <laughs> sometimes they could be like texting like pretty awesome stuff and sometimes they'll just be kind of straightforward rude sometimes <laughs> they'll be like oh i heard you going out with this girlfriend <laughs> and they could just don't know how to filter that out as well yeah. as normal kids would so i think some practicing with social situations and patience are also the key factors to helping a kid get through through these teenage years yeah practicing social situations that mm -hmm. come normally to other people but to kids on the spectrum they are more challenging and they ha and usually also, have social skills classes at school or in therapy yeah. and or you can practice at home so also, that's some really good advice yeah. go also, ahead Jacob. also the kids with asperger's they that also can apply to them because they aren't as affected as some of the autistics like the lower scale kids but they still are not sometimes not the best socially and yeah. they just i mean the situations can just help them out yeah so practice mm -hmm. thank you that's really good advice oh noelle has a comment and then we'll go um Jordan. also just be nice to the kids don't try not to be super sarcastic because a lot of the time <laughs> they don't 
see the sarcasm in it. They that take it at, as it is. <laughs> that is that is really <laughs> true. I'm a... You're very literal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I, I imagine them sometimes as Drax off of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. Like sarcasm is like over their heads. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good comparison. A lot of kids. Yeah, I remember Jacob, I think it was in fourth grade that they were learning different what different things we say mean like it's raining cats and dogs Mm -hmm. and uh we had to actually stop and teach you what all of those phrases meant because Uh they didn't come as naturally to you as Uh most kids that i just remember thinking this is tricky you Uh know (laughs) i'm naturally very sarcastic so like sometimes i teach my brother just by saying like just being sarcastic and and sometimes i remember when you were young that's what i I did all the time to tease you (laughs) (laughs) i I admit my i admit my fault there but (laughs) (laughs) yeah kids interacting that's awesome thanks for bringing that up Noel that's awesome are there any other tips or thoughts you guys would like to share before we close I like to say one thing yeah go for it um I said this before in the podcast but and Jacob brought it up is Jacob said this before in the podcast and I've referenced it too is be patient with these kids um, as I said, they're not kids with autism, they're kids with superpowers. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like in some, mo- in some superhero movies, the superhero always gets attacked by the people, even though they're trying to do their best to protect or to save them. Uh, with the kids with autism, they are the superheroes, and sometimes we attack them for them being different. And instead, we need to see them as the people that they are. They they want to be around us. They want to protect us, to be with, they, they're normal people just with superpowers. Yeah, different kinds of superpowers. Yeah, yeah. and it is, uh, it is super amazing to see people um, that treat these kids as those superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for part of my class, I had to do observations in an elementary school and I was in a third grade class and there's this little girl, she has autism. Um, and she is on the low side of the spectrum. She's not very verbal or social, but take that back. She is very social, but she doesn't use words to be social. Mm-hmm. Um, and she um, always looks around the class and she's always smiling. And she has this um, TA or someone with her all the time. And I always admire this person because she's very patient with her and always is smiling and encouraging her and saying, hey, good job, you did this, good job. Hey, don't do that. It's like, it's like, I, and to see um, how this person treats this child with autism is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that I admire is because they don't see them as a difficulty, they see them with potential. I asked her, I'm like, hey, what got you? Because she's actually trying to graduate with a special education. And I said, what like guided you to do this? And she told me, it's like, I see potential in all these kids. I don't see them as a restriction or anything like that. I see them having potential and changing the world. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that I admire the most is people that see that light in the child's eyes, mm-hmm. no matter if they have autism or Asperger's or any type of learning disability or any disability at all, or just any challenges, um, to see potential in any kid's eyes is truly admiring. And so I just wish that people had that to be able to take a step back and say, hey, yes, right now they're socially different or they're a little different this way or a little different this way. Or they're hard. They're hard to understand, <laughs> but I want to find out their superpower. Mm-hmm. I want to see what they can do. Their potential. Yeah. That's and awesome. Sometimes you have to work with them. For me, I've been blessed to be able to live with them my whole yeah. entire life. Um, <laughs> having yeah. the two best brothers in the whole entire world um, is has helped me to see that light. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly believe without a doubt that if we give these kids chance, chances to change the world they will that's awesome and often that change is in our world we're the ones that are changed i've noticed as i've been blessed to work with many people who have interacted with my children over the years that there are people who are just born with gifts 
uh, working with special needs kids and others of us have to learn them like me. <laughs> and so I will say that having children on the autism spectrum has changed me for the better. And I'm thankful for it. Now, when I was going through really, really hard times of not them not sleeping well, and I was very dead on my feet, I called myself a zombie mom in the book. For many <laughs> years I was because, you know, they would go to bed late, they would wake up super early, um, wake up in 2 a.m., 3 a.m., uh, I don't know that I would have easily, as easily seen their potential because I was just struggling to make it through the day. Um, but I think the key then is just like you guys have said, Noel, in your scripture, be still and know that I'm God. Jordan, in your scripture, trust in God. Trust that God can see tomorrow and he'll get you there. Just take the little baby steps that you can today. Um, as Jacob said, uh, if you have autism, don't be afraid to be different, to shine your light, because that's important too. And so, awesome guys. Well, this has been really fun. Yes. Thanks for uh, talking a little bit about autism and sharing about our family. And we're excited to share our normal for me story with the world. Mm. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I am going to interview my husband, Justin, and and find out what it's like to be the father of autistic children and what contributions he made to my book. So stay tuned. How many of you out there feel like your life is chaotic, crazy, and completely awful compared to the norm? What if I were to tell you that you are normal for you. I am so excited to announce that my book, Normal For Me by Tamara K. Anderson, will be released April of 2019 to celebrate Autism Awareness Month. This book took me 10 years to write, and I share 20 years worth of lessons learned in my life detours, including being in a car accident and having two of my children diagnosed on the autism spectrum. In this book, I share the secrets of how I made it from despair to peace with God's help. I invite you to check out my website, TamaraKAnderson.com, and sign up for my twice-a-month newsletter. Doing this is going to give you the inside scoop on how you can get a free electronic copy of my book during the month of April. So sign up today and hope on. All right, let's ask... Justin some questions. So Justin and I have been married for 22, almost 23 years. Wow. That's crazy, huh? It's awesome. <laughs> so we love each other and we put up with each other a lot too, you know. That's what love is. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it shouldn't surprise you that um, I had Justin write a few comments in my book um, just so that you can see things from his perspective as well. We often get a lot of uh, women who talk about their kids with autism and not as many men. And so I thought it would be fun to bring my husband into the conversation, not only in the book Normal for Me, but also in to this conversation as we're podcasting about the book and about raising children with autism, because I really consider uh, Justin and I a good partnership. So, um, so I guess what advice would you give to uh, moms and dads who have children with autism? Justin? Well, I think that um, you should know that you're, yes, you're in for a, a different kind of life than maybe you've planned and expected. Um, but at the same point, um, now that we can reflect on, you know, 20 years of mm -hmm of different challenges or so forth with um with autism uh, also know that there's gonna be a lot of great things that are going to come out that you've never imagined before as well and uh, a lot of special experiences that can happen in your life and it's something that can really bring you closer to um, your spouse if you let it and it also can um, help you find a different level of love and patience than you might naturally have for me that's for sure i've I've learned a lot in in the time, and I'm sure I've got a lot more to learn. Oh, that goes to say for all of us. Um, 
what were some of the lessons you learned, um, especially early on when we were just trying to scrape by the <laughs> day in and day out and barely making it? Well, um, Nathan, when he started regressing in his behaviors, um, I felt like I was more quick to believe that something was really wrong with him, I think, than you. I think, no, I, think I, I agree. I think I, I was. You, you acknowledged, I lived in denial a lot longer. Of course, yeah. I was processing, we were moving at the time, and there was a lot going on, but yeah. yeah. One, one of the challenges is, is, is uh, when we talk to doctors, how many times did we hear the the stupid saying that Einstein didn't speak until he was five? I know, right? And and great. Well, Einstein is Einstein, right? Um, <laughs> but um, it's also not true. I've read the book, and he's he was speaking before then. But um, I think that um, there was so much misinformation out there, and I'm sure there is still today, that there are families who um, are terrified at the concept of having a diagnosis of autism. And um, we were too. I know I was. You were. Yeah. I wasn't terrified with the diagnosis of that. I was more terrified just to the fact that I knew life was different and it's going to was moving different. But, um, you know, I knew Nathan was different enough. And before we got the diagnosis, when we lived in California and uh, um, had the car accident and Nathan stayed with my parents for a month, my mom was a special ed teacher. And when we got back with Nathan, she shared some of the behavioral challenges with him and and started coaching us in a way. And, and for me, I was anxious then to quickly start finding out the diagnoses and, and what they mean. Um, and so I think you and I were at a different speed, different pace. Um, you outpaced me much quicker later on down the road in ways to get through it. But early on, I think I was a little closer to it. And that, that doesn't fit every family or couple. I've seen families that um, the opposite happens, that it can go years and years and uh, uh, a parent hasn't accepted a, a diagnosis. Right. Um, even if there's not a formal diagnosis, they just won't accept anything different right. than their child is, is um, air quotes, uh, normal. And so um, <clears throat> I think, you know, my, some of my advice to you is parents out there is to, um, you know, don't be, don't be so scared of, of a, of a um, psychological, uh, issue that you won't embrace learning and understanding and then knowing what that means for that person and start um, jumping on it it's maybe sooner than some parents do. Does that make sense? No, it yeah. does. I think, I think the overall message is different people process diagnosis at different paces. Sure. And, and so Justin and I processed it. He was, I lived in denial longer. Uh, Justin was able to process that, yes, he's on the autism spectrum sooner than I did. I, I really fought in my mind that I didn't want it to be so, even though I was starting to see mounting evidence that he did have autism. But um, so that is probably one of the main things. And, and the sooner you can get through that denial phase and move on through, you'll, you'll also hit an angry patch. I did. I don't know if you were ever angry or not, but I, I was angry. <laughs> I, I, I always felt a little more um, cheated in life. I just felt like life had just cheated me out of um, a chance with a son. You know, a father thinks of a son, right? This right. is my son and my experiences I'm going to have with my son. And I felt very cheated very quickly in life. I felt like uh, um, I didn't know what expectations would be. And, and as a young parent... Those horizons are really, really, really hard to see. Yes. Um, and so everything's foggy. And so uh, I just felt cheated. Um, cheated, like explain cheated, like you, you wouldn't get opportunities with him yeah. that you had imagined. I didn't you know. I knew that he wasn't going to hit milestones that we measure other children at, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I knew that as we talked about his diagnosis, I knew that he was likely not going to accomplish many things that a typical child does, you know, growing up and, you know, going hike, you know, going doing outdoor stuff with me and going to, you know, driving and going to school. And, you know, I just thought things were going to be very different. And I didn't know what that future was anymore. Uh, but I felt like it was going to be different enough that I didn't have the typical 
um, life that was going to be planned for me. And so I, I was I was just disappointed. I was upset about that. But um, angry probably didn't get there quite as much because sometimes you don't get to feel certain ways because your spouse is filling them twice as much for, for yeah. you. And so you have to have to show a level of strength or support or calmness. Um, and that's not, you know, it's not to say that Tamara was, you know, you're sitting here, but that you were, you know, so far over the edge, but you know, you, you had a real strong grief process that was very heavy and, and, um, and, uh, um, was the right thing for you. And I was just there to comfort and help you in that time. And then, um, and then once you got through that, then it was the, here I come, I'm going to fix it all kind of <laughs> time that came in there. And then I had to patiently support, you know, a variety of different things that we tried to, to help Nathan with down the road. But I think, um, you know, it's for me just a change. I knew things were going to change and it was, it was sad for me. It was a yeah. sad, sad time, but it is. You grieve the ch that child you've imagined in your mind and what their life is going to entail. Um, you grieve that dream uh, when when a diagnosis like autism is pronounced, just because, like Justin said, you can't see what the future holds. And so I think my advice is hold on to hope because these kids are amazing in their own ways and they teach us things that are amazing. Well, first of all, just a quick comment on your holding on to hope. The, the, I said the horizons are very hard to see. And so you do have to take things day to day, week yes. to week. Um, and sometimes then, you know, you, you get a, a chance to reflect later on and see, you know, good, positive things that are happening. Um, and so, um, you know, having hope is so important because there's so many good things that can't happen. So, Justin, what are some of the things that our kiddos on the spectrum have taught you? So, um, <clears throat> first of all, I learned that these children that we have that come to us are very, very special people. And so I'm, I believe strongly that we're all children of God, right? right. And, and there's scriptures throughout the Bible that mention that and you know Jesus calls Heavenly Father Father and stuff like that. So I, I believe in that. Um and that's great. But when uh, um when I'm really fortunate with Nathan is he's had very hard times. There's been times where we've had to just hold him tight and say really strong heartfelt prayers to help him get through some really big challenges that he's yeah. had. And <clears throat> when we've had those times I've been able to be with him um, and have special prayers and have Heavenly Father open my mind in a way that I've never had happen with any other child or any person I've been around to where I could see for just a brief moment what a special person Nathan really is and that he's here on this earth with these disabilities that are holding back his mind and his, his uh, emotions and all those things and yet I could see who he really was and it, it was... Um, it was shocking to me what a powerful person he really is and what a, a big, strong, a manly, faithful spirit is inside his body that can't get out right now, but is there forever. And um, uh, if, if anyone can that's listening to this can get a vision of their child in this way, it allows you to... Uh, have a different level of patience, love, mm -hmm. kindness, um, and understanding that, you know, we're going to have challenges for the next, you know, until I die taking care of Nathan, but that doesn't matter because who he really is down the road and who we'll be able to live with, with God forever is someone that is so admirable, someone that I want to be around. So, um, that's one thing I think that's been the most helpful for me is to gain a vision of who this person really is that they're not the disabilities and challenges that they are, which is true for anyone listening that has challenges and disabilities or, or you know, just like me that is has quirks or, or anything like that. We're, we all come in with different things that we have to work through, but um, who we really are down the road is something that's amazing, and, and that's been a blessing to me. So Heavenly Father really perhaps allowed you to, see things from his perspective for a moment is that the probably the best way to describe it that he that's who nathan really is and he just gave you a glimpse of that and it was enough to help move you forward yeah i, I wouldn't uh, maybe be as bold as to say that i saw it from heavenly father's viewpoint completely because 
Um, I, I don't think I have the capacity to, to do that. <laughs> no, um, I don't think any of us do. <laughs> um, so I think that I, I got to see him as who he really is from an eternal perspective. And and could that be a little bit of how God sees him? Absolutely. It's a tiny bit. God sees him perfectly and knows who he is. But um, it was enough for me. Um, and I've had the experiences since then. It's been repeatable to see time and again who he really is. And um, it gives me so much power and hope and strength. And uh, um, it's an incredible gift from God. If you can pray for that gift and get that gift, um, it, it's it's been for me the biggest learning I've ever had. Yeah. No, and, I, and I've actually felt that at certain times. I remember, especially late at night <laughs> or early in the morning when we were up with him when he wasn't sleeping well. Sometimes those prayers... Uh, Heaven is close, you know, when you are on your knees and in a really hard spot. So, so another thing that I think we learned is that Tamara and I, um, we both uh, um, approach things differently. And Tamara is, is one that has been willing to really try some things that are, you could even say, uh, semi-aggressive, you know, changing of diets or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. And... Um, for me, the patience and the support that Tamara needed to get through those things is, was, I think it was helpful for her. Um, mm-hmm. not that, uh, not that I embraced completely, um, her, you know, your ideas or methods or stuff like that, but it was more of a, um, let's see if this does work and I'll, I'll help and support Tamara. Um, and so a willingness to, um, to help and support your, your partner's, um, Efforts is really important, and the, the patience that comes with that too is that we went months and months where we couldn't take in McDonald's for fries, and that kid probably that's all he would eat <laughs> for some time <laughs> of his life, right? You know, and so it was it was hard. Um, yeah. But uh, but we we tried different things, and uh, um, and you know learned we ruled out a whole lot of things that just didn't scientifically matter in the end. But um, at the same point, we also found super important things that really did matter with uh, key people that were put in front of us. And um, if we weren't willing to try a variety of things, we wouldn't have maybe reached all those people. So that's true. Just be patient and support each other. And as long as there's not harm being put in or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, things that can go too far and you've heard them occasionally, but that doesn't happen for the most part. It never came close on ours at all. But, uh, you know, we yeah. want to try different things and be patient with each other. Yeah, I think that's important. So what advice would you specifically give for dads? Um, We're both on several autism Facebook groups. (laughs) And I will tell you, the majority of people on those groups are women. And there isn't always a supportive spouse in the situation. What advice would you give to dads who so often uh, struggle with having kids with disabilities? If you're a dad that's listening to this and that you're asking yourself the same questions, what can I do to help? Then, then you're already at a different space. And I, I want to just encourage you to keep on trying, keep keep moving forward. That um, the work ahead is super important and needs a a father's strength and support to accomplish it. If you're a dad who's hearing this right now because your spouse is shoving the phone in your ear saying <laughs> you need to listen to this or um, or something like that, then I would encourage you to do a few things. One is, is that please don't consider um, the work that needs to take place as something that one person can do. Um, It can be, and I know there's some really powerful single parents out there that are doing this. And I um, have a sister who's um, taking care of special needs kids who's doing this primarily on her own. And it's just the power of that person is just amazing. But if you're in that space where you're in a, a partnership, a marriage, and and you're not pulling your own weight, dads, it's time for you to step up and be a man. And being a man means talking. It means listening. And it means um, offering support and help and doing things with this child different than you expected, but being willing to, you know, sit down and do a puzzle with them or read a book to them or something that that is connects to them personally versus what you thought your life would be throwing a baseball or going fishing or something like that and so dads out there that are being reluctant and having this phone held to them 
please, please, please help your spouse. Please know that it's too hard for them not to have that help. Um, and you, they need someone to talk to. One of the things that helps me a lot is I subscribe to a, a Google uh, word search. It's just autism each day and it pulls up any articles that come up on autism and I'll glance through them and I don't read all of them by any means. I don't have time for that, but and just see what's going on or jump onto these Facebook pages that are full of mothers and they're just struggling. And many times there's nothing you can do except listen to them and offer encouragement, but that alone is probably good enough sometimes. Yeah. And I think one of the things you did for me, uh, I was home full time and you were working full time when you got home, I often needed a break. Sure. I, what can I do? And she'd say, do this today. And you know, whatever it was, you know, if it was take this kid or change these diapers or go do the dishes, you just shut up and do it. And I often needed to just get away for a few minutes. I think, um, when you are a caretaker full time, it's important to realize you need breaks. You can't do it alone. And if you do not have a supportive spouse to help you, um, there are, are respite agencies out there that are often funded by the government, at least in the United States, where you can get respite help. Uh, because it's important that a caretaker takes care of themselves so mentally and emotionally they can keep going day after day, week after week, and year after year. Um, if not, it you're just going to wear yourself out. So I think uh, spouses can do that for each other. Um, and and if you're not in a in you're if you're divorced or something like that, then your help is even more so needed. And so um, depending on your relationship with your your um, ex, you know, please still offer support and care. And even that hour that you take that child to go and whatever they enjoy, you know, whatever that is. And if you sit there and watch them watch YouTube videos and just care for them, give so much help to that caretaker. And so, um, just help, um, yeah. wherever your situation's in, don't, don't disappear, but help. That's awesome. Very good advice. Do you have a favorite Bible verse that has become meaningful to you through these years of parenting and challenges and growth? <laughs> I do. Um, th there's a lot of, um, different scriptures that mean a lot of different things to people, right? And one that um, has uh, affected me really heavy in my teen years that I, I lean on a lot still to this day is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verse 2. And I'll read it for you. Yeah, read it for us. It says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. And I think of that verse as um, a reminder very quickly that um, having Jesus Christ, your Savior in your life, helping you is the only way you can accomplish anything of, of importance. And um, just the understanding, accepting that truth alone at the beginning, that he has become your salvation is the step that you need to being the person you should be anyway, but also in these circumstances with special needs kids, it gives you that strength to become then the parent of a child that needs your special care. Yeah. Well, and, and I think the importance here also is we're not, when we rely on God to help us and strengthen us, because often we're, we're not strong enough on our own. And I know I felt that every day and I still feel that often um, with kids or with challenges, um, he God, Heavenly Father, is strong enough to help us and strengthen us moment by moment, you know, as we're learning to parent different children differently. Um, and each of our children is unique. So yep. anyway. So just uh, something that came to my mind that yeah. I want to throw out here too, and that's um, to everyone that's listening to this. Um, just wanted to give my love to my wife who's done so much here to share these things and you know we're sharing them with hundreds and then thousands and so forth and the reason that she's doing it is she's felt impressed to do that from God not for any other reason and so I'm really proud of her for her hard work in this um, and with that uh, I want to do a quick plug for the book she's written because <laughs> um, it took a long time 
and uh, a lot of rewrites and then uh, she invited me to, to jump in and share some things and that's always scary because my memory is um, not at like hers at all. Oh, <laughs> I think we both had to go back and read what little journaling we did back then to remember because we, we'd forgotten. Yeah, it's it's like uh, there's things that you definitely block in your life. There's some trauma <laughs> that, that takes place. But, um, you know, I think if, if people um, read this book that are having challenges with um, with special needs children, with with, um, uh, with people that are having depression or people that um, are feeling lonely or people that feel like their life is is just getting pretty hard for them. Um, this book is written for people that fit all these things because it teaches something that when Tamara learned it, I learned it, and that was how a normal life is actually what you're leading. And then you have God to help you with that. That, that, that normalness is it's who you are now, and it's what you've got with you. And uh, accepting and understanding that then allows you to move forward and make a beautiful life out of the normal life that you have um, given to you. So I've got, you know, special needs kids now who will be needing my help the rest of my life. And that's my normal life. And yeah. um, uh, if I hated that or still felt um, spite or envy or uh, just madness, um, then I it would it would completely change who I've been able to become in the last 20 years. And so um, if you're if you're struggling, please read this book. If you know someone that is, please share it with them. Um, the purpose of this is to help other people, and I think Tamara's done a great job with that. Oh, well, thank you. I was not expecting that. So there you go. Um, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. And if you go to my website, TamaraKAnderson.com, you can get a free copy of the electronic normal for me to download. So uh, go to my website and you can get it for free. And this is what a kiss sounds like on podcasting. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Love you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. I know that there are many of you out there that are going through a hard time, and I hope you found things that have been useful today as you listen to the podcast. If you would like to access the show notes from today's podcast, visit my website. It is storiesofhopepodcast.com. That is where you'll find favorite quotes from today's episode and shareable memes. And those are fun because you can share them with your friends on social media. You will also find the links mentioned throughout today's episode so you don't have to remember what those were. And also all the tips that were shared. Sometimes tips are shared so much throughout an episode you forget. What were those great things? So go to the show notes, storiesofhopepodcast.com to look up these fantastic resources. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a tip that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this episode with them. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help bear that burden. Above all else, remember God loves you.